Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. This is episode 10, season 11, and the title of this podcast episode is Think You Know About Addiction? People hold on to many myths about all sorts of things or they make assumptions that simply don't stand up to the truth. One of the reasons that I call my podcast Busting Addiction and Its Myths is that I really want to do something that will help prevent someone from becoming addicted, help a family member liberate themselves from the slavery of addiction by another family member, provoke an intervention, get an addict or alcoholic to seek help right away, help keep an addict clean and sober, and whatever else is necessary to reverse the epidemic of addiction and alcoholism. We are so far, far away from dealing with this epidemic, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Here's an example of an assumption that is just, just ain't so. What percentage of medical schools provide any serious education on alcoholism or addiction? You think it's 100%, maybe 80%? Well, according to a report in the New York Times by the Addiction Medicine Foundation, it's less than 10%. Here's a direct quote from a study that looked at 180 medical school programs in the year 2019. Quote, While most medical schools now offer some education about opioids, only about 15 of 180 American programs teach addiction as including alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. These programs include one pharmacology lecture to several weeks as part of a third-year clinical rotation in psychiatry or family medicine. But Boston University stands out, and it just so happens I'm a graduate of Boston University College of Liberal Arts in 1968. Good for them. BU, as we call it, weaves addiction into all four years of training. This is what needs to be done everywhere. If you really want to help advance the cause of addictions training, please visit www.shatterproof.com, an American not-for-profit whose main purpose is to reverse the addictions epidemic. I met the founder, Gary Mandel, who lost his teenage son to addiction and has since devoted his considerable fortune and his life to making addiction treatment vastly more available and making comprehensive addiction training mandatory in all medical education programs. I'd like to give you an example of how a doctor-patient interaction should look like in a hospital setting, and this is the attending physicians uh, were and the supervising physicians were at the Boston University Medical School. So this is out of the BU experience. So uh, the supervising physician is reviewing case with attending physicians who are on their tour after consulting with a patient in the ward for some minor injury. The supervising physician asks, looks like we found some cocaine in his urine screen, 
he is he's asking for Percocet, and he obviously knows what that is. So I ask you this, what should our approach to him be when we see him today? And I'll tell you. All you say is this. You don't confront him in a hostile way. And you, in a matter-of-fact way, you say, we found this in your urine screen, and then show him the, the lab result. Don't say it out loud. Then he is far more likely to acknowledge that he used coke last night and perhaps disclose even more truths. At that point, you become a professional listener. And we'll make the turn in a moment. We also know his girlfriend came in a week ago asking for hydrocodone due to back pain. I think both should be counseled to go into treatment. This is according to the supervising physician, remember. I think we prescribe him a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory for his pain. Tell him we care about him. Refer him to an addictions counselor right here at the hospital. And give him other contact information to get him to go get himself some help. And his girlfriend, too. Give him info on 12-step meetings in town and tell him you can attend on Zoom now, too. Call him in a few days to see what he, how he's doing and see if he got himself a sponsor. Now, that is what needs to happen, but it hardly ever does. What a shame. Lives lost because of inertia and ignorance. To paraphrase a social justice saying in the U.S., treatment delayed is treatment denied because you never know where good old Johnny's going to go after he leaves the hospital, maybe all pissed off because he couldn't trick the staff into giving him some free drugs or taking advice, on the other hand, and getting help for himself and perhaps his girlfriend too. Okay, now let's talk about the barriers. Let's talk about the barriers to reversing the opioid epidemic. There were over 100,000 overdose deaths in the U.S. in the 12-month period ending June of 2021. We expect this horrible trend to continue, as we know that the COVID pandemic has contributed, greatly contributed to the problem. Of the 100,306 overdose deaths, 76% are attributed to opioids, fentanyl being the main killer. Here's why. In the last 10 years, fentanyl has become extremely popular because it is, quote, a relatively cheap high and a better quality high, close quote. This is a quote from a guy I met at a 12-step meeting. <laughs> I later went on to sponsor him in my program. I visited him in the county jail once a week. I didn't know at the time when I met him that he was out on bail awaiting trial on his fifth impaired driving, lack of registration and insurance on his, on his vehicle. And the vehicle wasn't even his, which is another story. Bruno, Billy said, they put fen on everything. They put it on my Coke, which is why I got so goddamn high and stayed high for hours. Just sprinkle it in so I get to like it, and then they sell it to me straight up like heroin. It's a huge moneymaker for the dealers because it is such a bitch to quit. It's worse than crack. So when you hear overdose deaths, think fentanyl. What's to be done? I have to acknowledge that it's mighty difficult to think about the uh, issue of addiction at the abstract level when it lives at home with you, wrecking your home like, like you know, running through your home like a runaway freight train, destroying everything in its path. That said, you might feel a whole lot better knowing that you and your loved one are not alone, that to some extent you are caught up in the forces of addiction sweeping the entire globe. You can also feel better when you do something meaningful, as my friends at Shatterproof.org say, to help end the addiction crisis in America. No matter how things stand with your loved one, doing something for others can only transport you to a new and healthy state of mind. 
and you will connect to others and make friends with people who share a common purpose. You can do simple things like shop with Amazon Smile, which donates to causes like Shatterproof. Shatterproof is on their list. You can demand that your police and EMTs, emergency medical technicians, carry Narcan, N-A-R-C-A-N, with them at all times. It's a powerful injection antidote to opioid overdose and can save a life in a heartbeat. You can add your voice to enabling better addiction medical training by supporting the MATE Act now in Congress. MATE, M-A-T-E, stands for Mainstreaming Addiction Treatment and Education Act, which will make it a requirement that all medical schools teach about addiction disorders currently in Congress. And as of last reading, it has not yet been brought to the committee table, but it's there. You can join Al-Anon, which was founded to help the families of those who suffer from the effects of alcohol and drugs. You can steer families into Al-Anon and Alcoholics and Narcotics Anonymous. You can do a lot more than you think. You can become part of something wonderful, a movement to help end the addiction crisis. You, yes, you, could help save a life. So what did we learn today? One, we learned that there is indeed an, ep- an epidemic of drug abuse which will continue to take 100,000 lives or more by overdose unless we unite and take action to reverse its course. Two, synthetic opioids, primarily fentanyl drugs, are embedded now into most other drugs as a means of creating addiction to the drug itself. Three, an overdose antidote called Narcan has already saved the lives of thousands of individuals who might otherwise have died on the street without it. Four, the state of addictions training among the medical professionals in the U.S. is absolutely appalling. Boston University's medical school is the only known example of weaving addictions education into all four years of study. Five, family members can do a lot to help society reverse the trend in overdose deaths, to help other families heal, and to become part of something greater than themselves for the common good. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com.